0: Hi, this is David from Wedding Business Growth. Wedding Business Growth is committed to helping you succeed in the wedding and events industry and grow your business in a sustainable way. Thank you for tuning into Wedding Business Growth Podcast. And now stay tuned for part two of this episode.
1: They are not, in almost every case, they are not doing this groundwork and then they come back three months or six months later and buy. No, if you know they're on this and if they for whatever it is, they're going to decide within probably the next 30 days, maybe within the next 10 days. So it is, you know, all of this following up and uh, how often should you follow up? When should you, like as quick as you can, as often as you can, knowing that they're going to make a decision in almost every case within the next week to 30 days max.
2: Hey, let's take some pressure off of them with the social media. All the wedding pros out there, what he just said, they've, <laughs> they've got a, like a 30-day window in there, right? To, that they're shopping. And there's so much pressure to build relationships with people on social media, on your Facebook, your Instagram, and to build relationships. Well, if your page is for consumers, for brides and grooms. You've got 30 days to talk to them and then once they decide they either want you or they don't want you they're done they're done looking on pages so the relationships you're really building on there are with your peer group with other wedding pros mm-hmm. and think about yeah. it think who's liking your stuff you know you, you know you scratch your head and they like yeah. it you know anything you do they're liking it that's the relationships you're really building it's not really selling yes people say oh i sell so much or my Instagram. Well, they're looking at your other stuff too, which kind of brings us <laughs> up into, So that one of the other yeah. things we so wanted to tell.
1: You don't need to build a tribe. You don't need lots of Instagram followers or lots of Facebook likes. You need one thing to find the people who need your stuff and then yeah. sell it, And you have a short window to do it. Yeah. Well,
3: I know Renee kind of just alluded to it. Let's talk about sales funnels. I mean, we're, it's so easy. I know for myself, I. I see it leaking. I see the colander where it's like, oh, that that one slipped through, and or I'm over here, and like I I kind of miss this a little bit. How can we create sales funnels for all the people listening that that aren't leaky and that you're you're capturing those leads because they're they are very valuable.
1: We actually coined that term, and it it got us a client because where were you were on somewhere on Clubhouse and you mentioned oh
2: Gary I I got on Clubhouse with Gary V.
1: That's and awesome. um
2: and i said um i said yeah we did a video on do you have a sales funnel or a sales colander you know with a lot of holes and so and what did
1: gary v tell you
2: okay he did say and i have it on the podcast it's recorded gary v said i love you that's what he <laughs> that's said awesome. yeah, it's recorded okay <laughs> i have it recorded now it's a little out of context how i'm sharing it but he did say i love you but that's um,
0: okay we're gary v fans yeah. so you you okay. can get by with well, that we're okay anyways, with it.
2: <laughs> so a client did hear me talk about this sales funnel sales calendar, didn't know who I was knew my name was Renee found us on YouTube with this, this video found the Renee found us it was so cool. That um, somebody took the time because of whatever I said, but, but the point is, people are going into your your sale. This is what we start at the very beginning and talking about people are going into the top of your sales funnel all day long, and they're dropping in. And what happens is, they're going to shop around and look at your Facebook page, your Instagram page, and a whole bunch of other things. And they're gonna do, I'm gonna let Mark talk about it because he usually is sharing this with (laughs) the the, um, selective shopping and what happens if they don't like what they see, they fall out of the funnel. So I'll let you.
1: Yeah, well that's uh, the, it's called, it's subtractive shopping. Sorry. (laughs) But it is selective. So here's how the process works. It doesn't take people, if they don't have referrals for what they're going to do and they go out to the traditional ways of shopping, they go to a wedding expo, they Google, they go to wedding wire, they go to The Knot, they go to wherever. All of a sudden, they have a ton of choices for everything that they need. And so then they go into this process called subtractive shopping, which is, I've got too many choices. I've got to narrow it down. What is the easiest way for me to narrow it down? It's kind of like, let's say you are, um, you're buying something on Amazon and you, um, you search for it and you have 50 of the same thing, which one of the, or similar things, which one of those are you going to buy? Well, we all have our own processes. We're going to look at reviews. Okay. I only want four star, five star things. Uh, I only want things that are prime. I only want, whatever the criteria that you use, we all have our criteria for narrowing things down and couples have the same thing. So they're going to go to, they'll look at your reviews, some of them. Some of them will look at your Google My Business, some of them and, and see your reviews there. Some of them will look at your Facebook page, oftentimes just to make sure you're still alive. A lot of people took 2020 off from posting on Facebook, and now you people go there and see like, oh, you haven't posted in six months, you must not still be in business. Off, they go to your Instagram, it's, it's dated, out. They go to your website, it looks DIY, out. They're looking for ways to cross you off the list. And so you have to, like all of these components, this is where when people come to us and say, I need more leads, Then we look at, well, what happens to those leads? Because what you have is you have the acquisition or the awareness of you over here and you have you over here. And in the middle, there's a whole bunch of stuff, a whole lot of things that are roadblocks between making that connection happen. Uh, And and your, your website is the biggest roadblock. It amazes me. I've talked to a couple of people on Clubhouse who are like, you know, I don't even think my website is worth having. I'm just going to get rid of it. People don't, no, you have to have it. And it has to be good. Because when you say you're not getting enough leads, like go to your Google Analytics and look at your bounce rate. Your bounce rate is how many people go to your website and don't stick around long. Now, some of those are bots and and Google is responsible for a lot of those because they're constantly indexing your site as are a bunch of other things. But you look at that and look at the how many people go to your site that you never hear from. It's likely because they found something there that they didn't like. And you know you're awesome at what you do, but you can't show that unless you can get them to call you, email you, message you, however the form of connection is. Like you're not even getting to that point because they're washing out uh, for some reason. And when we have somebody that says to us, I need more leads. We look at that and it's like, no, you've got more leads and you know what to do with pouring more leads into this colander is not going to make anything more come out the bottom.
2: Most wedding professionals have plenty of leads, especially if you're on the wedding websites. If you're out there, you're networking and you're alive that that's, the truth. You have probably plenty of them, but your phone's not ringing. Your inbox is not happening. You're not not getting DMS, and there's a reason for that. And it really takes some rudimentary forensic help. You know, some eyes like ours or other people that are professional marketers that can help you figure out what's broken. Even
1: if it's a referral, even that referral I was making fun of, even if it's a referral, they are still going to check you out and uh you like to tell this one about the the you know you get where your best friend or another wedding pro you go ahead
2: well it's just there's i know it happened to me different times i'm sure it's happened to everybody somebody says oh i'm sending you somebody i'm sending you my friend they're gonna call you they never call you like you just kind of wonder like did the friend lie but it could be they just fell right out of the funnel. They went and saw something. Some people are so particular, me, him, spelling errors, okay? If I'm looking at things and I'm seeing spelling errors, that's enough, that's one of my things out because if you don't have the attention of detail and you want me to give you $6,000 to do my wedding photography and you don't have the attention to detail to have somebody go through your website and fix that, I'm sorry. It's you know we all have deal breakers.
1: We we look at a lot of websites. Um, I was just doing. We we've got a new client. I hope we here.
2: don't have a spelling error on our website. I know
1: we probably <laughs> do. I,
0: I will I will go on record as saying is that I did have a spelling error in the promo, and I saw that you corrected it. So <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> yes, I did see that.
2: <laughs> it was I only say,
0: one though. So yes. so you're still on the show. So I I, I didn't totally get X'd <laughs> out from you guys of, being on the show.
2: But the truth of that is I corrected it with a capital G I, I added a G and I saw it later and I had to make it a smaller G because my cap locks was on so I was I did see that.
1: everybody I mean we're talking about probably three out of four websites that we yeah. dive into and analyze have some sort of a spelling error spacing error type the easy stuff that you can't mm-hmm.
2: wrong phone numbers
1: three phone numbers, whatever. Uh, the, the, uh, but you can't, like those are the easy things to fix. Get a second set of eyes to look at everything that you do. Right. And, it's, and, and we, we love doing it. We love just fixing those things because if you fix those things, you're at least not going to lose a prospective customer because of a stupid mistake. And there's lots of stupid mistakes on websites out there. So let me, let me, sure. oh, I'm sorry.
3: You know, Frank, please go ahead. I was just going to say it was very, very concisely said.
4: How do you, how do you, as a, as a business owner in this case, of course, as a wedding professional, how do you identify some of those holes in your, in your colander, in your funnel? Like how do you, I, I mean, I know some of it takes a professional, you know, like, like, the two of you to find those things for you because they're not easily found. But what are some what are some quick one off things that the wedding professional can do to start to identify some of those
1: things?
2: <laughs> Pick okay. me. Pick me. All right. Let me yeah, yeah, the whoever.
1: background on that. All right. So when we do our clubhouse on Sunday night, we Zoom while we're doing it so that we like it's like we have our own producer. So she can raise her hand. I can. Like, so we're never talking over each other, um, and, and that's like that is how that. Uh, so
2: as an audio only platform, the Clubhouse is. We are totally visual, like you know, doing that. It's like
1: whether it's like I don't know
4: you do this one yeah okay. no
0: it's funny that you guys say that too because i i worked in radio before i did what i do and and that's exactly how it was in the radio station if there were if there were four or five of us all on air together at the same time it was the whole hand raising thing and if i'm talking and mark raises his hand as soon as i'm doing my thought i'm pointing to mark and mark is immediately starting because he knows i'm done with mine so that's funny that you guys brought that well, sometimes up i remember we that do this.
4: i remember that yeah
2: you're done you're- <laughs>
4: sorry i didn't didn't mean mean to touch off go ahead yeah
2: okay what where were we what were we saying
4: we were talking about uh a Uh, a couple of things wedding professionals yeah where to start yep
2: great thing to start just happened with a client of mine of ours um shop for your own stuff do your own do your own form um do you have a calendar on there schedule an appointment see if you have a thank you page do, do, what's your thank you page here's the thing so many times it goes thank you for scheduling your appointment you're getting an email sometimes it doesn't even say you're going to get an email with more information on that page you now have a captive audience right why don't you have more stuff on there keep them send them back to a page on your site send them back do you need more of this do you need this how about you um look at our favorite songs or if because you're dj so we're i'm thinking that so um here's a list of the top guys dances, top um, father, daughter, um, mother, son dances. Here's the top dance songs. Here's the list of whatever. Have that all in your thank you page because here's what happens. If you can keep them on your site, right? you're telling Google, we have an awesome site. You're helping your analytics. You're helping yourself with your organic SEO. So don't just send them off your thank you page. Okay, so that's one thing you can do is go through your whole journey, see where you're sending them in all of these different things. How about your contact page? Don't ask them a gazillion questions. Nobody likes to do it. That's a deal breaker. That'll bump people out. He's always shaving the contact pages down to like the the bare minimum.
1: The easiest one, Do this customer journey on your own self, but do it on your competitors, go see what they're doing. Mm. See where you stand compared to them. I'm working on a website right now for a caterer. And the first thing I did is I went and looked at 150 caterer websites all over the country. They suck. I mean, there are they are so bad. And uh, so this is going to be a fun project because now we're going to turn this into the you know, websites for caterers. But Joe, look at what other people do. And if they have an awesome. So what do you find in this in this back to this exercise is that there were a couple of markets where most of the caterers had good websites. And then there were some markets where they didn't. And it's all because you know, your competitor gets one. Now you have to get one. But you know, that is, you know, who your competitors are. Now it's not every other DJ or every other wedding planner, you know, who you're losing business to see what they're doing differently. See where you're better, see where they're better. And just, you have to, all you really need to do is to be one or two steps ahead of everybody else and then keep changing it. Cause they're going to catch up and then you have to move ahead. And it's a, it's an ongoing thing, but that, that is um, that's the biggest one It's just, you look at your competitors, see what they're doing differently and better than you, and then fix it. Yeah, and, I and love I, what you said, Renee, about the uh, about the um, contact
0: form. I, I ironically, I just had a a website assessment last night with a gentleman that that does that type of work, and the first thing we we talked about was the contact form, and he actually helped me come to the realization myself, like. I have so many questions on here on my contact form that in my head, I was making it easier for me for what I needed later on. And then I said to myself, but if these people never become a client of mine, I don't ever need that information anyways. Mm. Like I can eventually get it from them if they become a client. So it was a real good epiphany that I had with that last night. And I've been doing this for 20 plus years.
1: So everybody can learn something. (laughs) You want to leave them something to ask you, and you want to leave things for you to ask them. Love so you, your website is there for one reason, to be the gatekeeper, to make that connection. If you give too much information, then they feel like they don't need to contact you. And the same thing with you, you ask too much, then you, you already, like, you, you have nothing to talk about when, you, you know, when you get them on the phone or when you're emailing with them. And and the every I mean I I don't I forget the statistic on it, but it's like every question you ask shaves like ten percent off of your response rate. If you make it too hard, you start asking. The worst one is what is your budget for fill in the blank. Like you you do not want to ask that question because as soon as you use the B word, the walls of defense go up. Oh, they're just trying to get as much money as they can. And uh, uh, so you just, you don't want to ask too much. You want to ask their name, their email address, wedding date, maybe. That's it. They are there. They are at your website for a reason because they need what you sell. And they liked you enough to fill out the form. Why make it hard? They've already taken a couple steps ahead. Don't put a roadblock in the way.
2: And once you get them over to that form there, you have a pixel on the thank you page. So you have that pixel and then you're going to send, um, retargeting ads just to those people that got to the thank you page for 30 days. Cause we talked about that 30 day window. So they get retargeted for those 30 days. Cause they're in that time frame of wanting they already showed you that hey i'm going to give you my email address i'm going to do this you just keep churning nice little churn in there 30 days they they're reminded of you and then you figure out 30 days if they're not your client and then you can always go in and do an offline upload of all the email addresses of everybody that booked with you so you don't keep retargeting that's another step but um those are all great things to do to people once you can get them to get to that special page
4: Outside of outside of those key factors, right, like name, contact, information, whether you want email, phone number, both, and maybe the wedding date, is there any one or two other things that you do find useful in some way to put on the contact form? Or is that really your suggestion is just name, email, wedding date?
1: The question to ask yourself is, would the answer to that question determine whether or not I'm going to want to talk to them? And usually that answer is no.
2: And that's why the wedding date is, he said, maybe wedding date, because if you can only handle, you know, so many and you don't want to bother with that, then, you know, most people expect to put a wedding date. So that's generally going to go on there.
1: But the, where is it going to be? What's your budget? What, you know, what, like that's, that's for further along. Uh, this part, again, the only purpose of that form is to just somebody says, They raise their hand and say, hey, I'm interested. They've they've taken a step forward. You don't wanna put a roadblock to that. You wanna make it as easy as possible. And while we're doing that, talking about that, if the only way to get a hold of you is by filling out the contact form, they are not getting the warm and fuzzies from you. And there are so many, a lot of wedding pros, a lot of photographers, like they don't wanna talk to people. They want to just like fill out my form. It tells them that you only want to deal with them on your terms and your timetable. I mean, to me, you should have, make it as easy as possible. Email address, phone number, cell phone number. That makes them feel real good. You're not going to get a bunch of calls in the middle of the night. People will respect that generally. Email me, message me, uh have a chat bot make it simple for them to contact you and give them choices don't put up roadblocks to um and and if you do only have a contact form then by all means uh respond to those right away even if it's an auto reply hey we got it just so they know that you got it uh because there's so many people who just like oh I, i look at those once a week i look at those like no these are people who have taken a step toward wanting to talk to you that are obviously in the market and are going to buy from somebody don't give them an excuse not to buy it from you so
2: mark just went through a whole bunch of different holes in the in the collar like <laughs> yeah, if you dissect good. all of these all of these things you know, it's just it's got to be top priority. People wonder where their leads are. It, it Go into your contact form, go into your subscriptions and, and look at these people. It's it's amazing. And, you know, with new clients, we always go through the process. You know, as they're interviewing us, we're we're going through the process and and signing up for things. We had a client that sends out a booklet and that's been five months ago. I still never got the booklet in the mail. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, it, it is so like you may. Hate Facebook. You may never use it. You may like, you're somewhere else. You're on TikTok. You're just remember for most of us, we are not in our own target audience.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You have got to feed them the way they want to eat. And, you know, again, Facebook, you do not need to go on Facebook every day and post things, but you need to sh- look like you're alive. You don't need to be on Instagram every day, but you have to look like you're alive. You have to update your storefront on Wedding Wire so it doesn't say we're running COVID specials in 2020. And uh, I, I mean, there's so many, uh, and I would not even, any COVID stuff you have on your website, time to take it off. Like people are tired of that. They don't want to hear about it. Um, they, they, You just don't need to have that on there now because the people you're talking to now are, Planning under the assumption that this is all going to be gone soon and we'll be able to get somewhat back to normal. So don't raise that flag. Six months ago, yeah, you needed to do that. You don't need it now.
2: Well, it doesn't need to be front page, but it can be. It can be side page. You it know? could be a, it, an and a FAQ. Yeah, an FAQ would be fine. Yeah. Going um, back
0: to something you said earlier, Mark and Frank, I'll, I'll come back to you in a just a second. If that's okay. Going back to something you said earlier about responding to the leads. Now, um, you know, I, I, I've been in the industry long enough prior to even having websites and contact forms and all of this stuff. So I can still remember back to when, when we first had the ability to do that, first to have a website, but then to be able to put a contact form on the website. And thank goodness the mentors and the people that I worked with, you know, really hounded on me about when a lead comes in, you know specifically that that person is sitting down and has the thought process in their mind of this event. You don't necessarily know where they are in the buying process, but you know that they're thinking about it right there. And then they're probably at their hot, warmest, hottest position of conversation. And if you, I mean, unless you just absolutely can't, but if you can respond to it right away, your your chances go up exponentially. Yeah. And, and I remember so many times, I mean, I just, I, you guys mentioned earlier about coining a phrase, so many people they would fill out the form i'd get a text message or an email i'd immediately click on their phone number and call like immediately and they would say oh wow man i'm still on your website and i would always say i would always follow it up with i'm sorry it took me so long to contact you and and it's you know obviously the joke of it is that they literally just submitted the form to me right and and so i can't tell you how many sales I was able to get just by doing that because they said, we've filled out five other of these forms and yet to hear from anybody. So there's a lot of people
1: that think that makes you look desperate. Mm. When it really makes you look interested.
3: Yes. Interested. Exactly. And just competent, generally competent. I mean, I've, I know that when I'm like online looking at stuff, and I'm I'm requesting a proposal for a service or some contractor, and I never hear from them, I'm like, oh, that looks really unprofessional. I think it's just very professional you can, you know, be be prompt about and punctual about answering people for sure.
1: We are in an a the the um, we're dealing with, and Allenberg coined this term the uh, the or he uses it a lot the uh, the digital natives. Mm-hmm. And uh, people that have lived their entire life with doing a lot of things online. And one of the things that uh, the one of the wonderful advantages of the online world is the ability to get information instantly. Yeah. People are used to that. It has sped up the timetables of things, it has increased customer expectations about the response rate, even if it is an autoresponder just so they know I fill this form out, I click submit. And if it said, okay, or thank you, or you need to let them know, they just filled out a form, let them know what's going to happen next. Let yeah. them know if you only, you know, if you call back in the evenings or you call back during regular business hours or whatever you do. I, I, I remember this auto responder that I got once it was a, uh, what, what They said something is like, we only check emails on every other Thursday <laughs> <laughs> <Next>. <laughs> and and how did they end it? It was like, you know, have a wonderful day. Well, I would have a wonderful day too. If I only had to check my email
0: right, right. Every once every two weeks <laughs> <laughs> at that point. Yeah, that's crazy
1: but it's like, just make it easy. And, and, and those things you know, about checking out yourself, call your num, call your phone number. How many times in January do you hear we'll be closed over from November 24th for Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. How many times do you get an auto reply? We are going to be closed for summer break and it's winter. Like yeah. you forget to fix those things and it makes you look stupid and it gives you one more reason to be out
0: to get off the list. Oh, I love that so much. I never really thought about you that you brought up about that that point about desperation. I I never really thought about that. I mean it kind of makes sense, but I mean I would I would almost rather somebody want me to or, or would want somebody to think I'm desperate to to Get to know them and, and, then and potentially an book their know, business. I'm
1: not what the customer thinks you're. Destined. No, right,
0: right, right, right. I think mean, mean, the, that's what you're the other
1: wedding pros are like, oh, I, I, well, you know, I mean, I yeah. would never do that. I'm above that. I want, you know, I want to be, play hard to get.
0: Yeah, and no, that's, uh, why, that's why you're struggling. I get right. it totally. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to part two of this episode. Be sure to tune in next time for part three on the Wedding Business Growth Podcast.